All right. So this is the Chris Lee TV podcast. Um, this is my first episode in a while. So if you have listened to any of my past episodes, I do appreciate you. But um, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest is uh, Brandon is. I'm sorry. What's your last name, Brandon? Uh, last name is Thomas. Thomas. OK. Brandon Thomas, um, who is in the uh, life insurance. Uh, he's in the insurance industry. Um, we met through Twitter. And I wanted to get him on the show because one of the topics that I talk about on my uh, YouTube channel is it is uh, having a life insurance policy, that third party life insurance. So outside of the actual life insurance that companies give you. And I think it's important to uh, understand why. So uh, Brandon actually helped me uh, get my policy. So I wanted to bring him on the show to talk about that. So um, Brandon, um, what's up, man? What's good? What's good, brother? I'm glad to, uh, that you had me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And, um, uh, I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I, know, I was going to say, yeah, my name is Brandon Thomas. Uh, I'm from uh, Austin, Texas, born and raised. Um, I got into the insurance industry um, uh, probably at the tail end of uh, 2018. Um, I, got, uh, I got my license through an agency, and then spring of 2019, I decided to go independent. Um, so now I just own my own insurance brokerage. Um, so I'm licensed in, uh, here in Texas and then, uh, four other, uh, states, um, in, uh, <clears throat> in the United States. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just trying to, you know, push it, trying to help as many people as I can. Um, so yeah, I do, uh, my main focus is life and health insurance. So life insurance is probably about 20% of what I, of what I can do, uh, for, uh, individuals and businesses. So, um. But it, it is, you know, like you just said, it's a, it's a, it's a main aspect of life. So definitely. All right. Uh, so how did you get started um, in the industry? Uh, so uh, I started entrepreneurship. The first thing I got into was um, affiliate marketing. Uh, so what I did was is I signed up with this, uh, this credit repair company. Uh, and it was a financial education company as well. And, uh, I started just helping people with their credit and, uh, I was listening to a, uh, a little like training that they were doing and it was like, Hey, even though, you know, we sell credit, you know, you should focus on all aspects of personal finance. Definitely. So they talked about life insurance, but not like in depth of, you know, what I know it, you know, now, um, <clears throat> but what ended up happening was, is I was already learning about life insurance and uh, I happened to be talking to this girl at the time and uh, she was like, hey, you know, you should come have this meeting with me and my mentors. Um, I know you're into personal finance. so I think you would like it. Um, so I was kind of hesitant. And then I was like, you know, what? let me just go see what they're talking about, you know. Um, and that's basically where I got introduced to the insurance, you know, industry. Um, and like I said, I got my license through an agency. So basically what agencies do is they basically sell certain products. Uh, but the main aspect of their company is really to recruit, you know, as many people as they can. Um, and I really, my, my whole focus was I wanted to help more people versus, you know, recruiting and all that stuff. Right. Um, so I got trained by them, got to learn more about the, you know, insurance industry. And then, uh, it was some other, you know, insurance products that I really wanted to sell, you know, specifically like Medicare and health insurance that, that the company wasn't doing. Um, so I ended up, you know, um, uh, partnering with those companies by myself. And, uh, like I said, man, I, I just want to go, you know, independent, you know, I like, um, 
I feel like all men should have, you know, some type of ego a little bit. And I, I kind of wanted to see my name on stuff and, you know, not say I was an agent with somebody else. So, um, yeah, man, that's how, that's how it happened. Awesome. Yeah, I feel you with the independence thing. That's like the whole entrepreneurial side of uh, Twitter. That's where exactly. we met. So um, exactly. had you not been, you know what I'm saying, wanting to be independent and things like that, we probably would have never crossed paths, which I'm glad that we did. Exactly, yeah. Um, so what's your, what's your, how long have you been doing this? I'm sorry if you already uh, mentioned that, but I want to just clarify. Uh, well, I've been licensed since October of 2018. And then I went independent of March of 2019. So it really hasn't even been a full year yeah. of me, you know, being a, a independent, you know, insurance producer. Um, but I would say as far as just insurance goes, just learning insurance, it'll be two years in October. So like I said, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even two years a full-time entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not even two years, you know, into this industry yet. Um but you know, I learned a lot, man. I've, I've I've been I've been doing a lot, man. So I'm just glad where it's going. So, what kind of education do you have to have to like kind of do the independent thing, or as far as just the insurance training? Like, is there any uh, formal education that you go through, or is it all like uh, through an agency? You kind of um, is it like they throw you in the water? You have to figure it out yourself on some things, like. What's the education behind being a licensed insurance broker or independent licensed insurance broker? Okay. Well, I mean, to, as far as getting a license, uh, from my knowledge, there's really only two ways to do it. Uh, <clears throat> the way I did it is you sign up with the agency and then they basically give you the study material and then you do have to pass like a test. The test is, uh, I think it was like 150 questions. You have to get like a 70, um, or, you know, some people go to college, you know, and they get, you know, uh, I, I want to say it's like a finance degree, maybe. Mm-hmm. So they might get hired by like a uh, like an Edward Jones or like a Charles Schwab. Yeah. And uh, what they do is, you know, part of becoming a financial advisor is you start out getting your 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 life health HMO license and then you move up to other securities license. So um, I, I did have the chance to get like a securities license to start doing, you know, IRAs and you know, mm-hmm. funds and stuff like that. Um, but that's not the route that I really wanted to go. Um, but yeah, those are the only two ways. Um, but as far as going independent, basically what you have to do is you have to get a corporate license. So you basically have to set yourself up as an agency, even though you don't have to recruit people, you can, you know, hire instead. And I mean, it's the process of that is, is I mean, it's very simple. Both processes. It's like you study for a test, you take the test, but it's not, it's kind of like study on your own. Like if it, it mm-hmm. takes somebody, you know, six months to get a license, it took me like two weeks. Uh-huh. So, and I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's not like a lot of money that you put up up front, but once you go independent, you know, you have to start paying for like marketing and, you know, mm-hmm. content creation and, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, that's what you're doing now. It's kind of like your journey now is getting that all established and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Versus like somebody that's with like an agency, they already have it all kind of established. Yeah, they kind of they kind of have everything set up. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah it's definitely harder. You know what I'm trying to do, but I mean it'll all be worth it. You know, definitely uh, in the long run. So, um, so I want to talk about kind of our me and me and your experience. Um, like I said, I met you off Twitter, and it was something that I had kind of read about in a book. I think it was called like um, Millionaire Before Thirty. 
and it was one of the ways to build your legacy was through life insurance. Um, and I kind of learned life insurance and like started, I guess, doing my research and seeing that it's really like a good way to build and and to keep like your your legacy going. To build a legacy and mm-hmm. to keep it going is to. I don't see it as like a bad bad thing to have life insurance. Some people think it's like kind of a taboo subject to talk about. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, a lot of people don't like talking about death, mm-hmm. but it's it's guaranteed. You know, it's not like a uh, it's not like talking about car wrecks. You know, car wrecks. That's like a that's like a if. Mm-hmm. You know, death is more of like a win because I mean it's going to happen. So death and taxes are two things in America. You could try to avoid, but it, it'll catch up with you, you know, at the end of the day. And like I said, my, my definition of life insurance is is the easiest way to pass on and create, you know, generational wealth. For some people, all they have to do, I mean, for most people, all you're doing is paying a premium, you know, and, you know, you're just relying on that death benefit. And, you know, other people, you know, pay higher premiums, you know, to get, you know, cash value in their policies. Because, like I said, it's, it's basically two ways to create wealth through a life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. It is the death benefit that you get after, you know, your, you know, loved one has died, you know, something that you receive or a policy that you get out on your own and you invest in, you know, you get interest on um, to where you can build up enough equity to now you can use, you know, your life insurance policy as, as your own bank account. You know, two things of which I speak on, you know, a lot on, uh, on social media period. So, yeah. I think they answered your question, right? Yeah. So with the, with those two policies um, and you kind of talking about that, one of the things that you helped me with, like I said, you did help me with my policy and it was really affordable, right? I know like some people don't really like with the, with your job, you just see kind of, you just sign, you just sign paperwork, right? When, when someone puts the paperwork in front of you, when you're starting orientation with the job, you just kind of just sign, sign, sign. It's like a lot of stuff being thrown at you. Yeah, people. I I feel like a lot of people don't think about how affordable life insurance might be on with an outside source instead of going with your job. Can you talk to me about kind of like how easy it is and how affordable it is to actually have a policy for like not just one person, but if you wanted to cover your family? Well, so I mean, it would really depend on the type of policy that you get. So basically, when it comes to purchasing life insurance, you basically have I mean, there's, there's a lot of different types, but the four main ones would be term life insurance, whole life insurance, universal life insurance, and then final expense uh, life insurance. So when you speak on term, term is very affordable because, I mean, it's like it's just for a term. So you can get it for 10 years, 15, 20, and 30 years. And I sell term policies to people to where they're paying, you know, less than 30 bucks a month. And I feel like, you know, in 2020... I feel like a lot of people, anybody that's really watching your podcast, I'm, I feel like they can afford, you know, less than thirty dollars a month. I mean, it's not definitely not, yeah. if they're watching my channel, right? Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like if you're in the trucking industry, you know, you have enough bread, you know, to you know afford a policy, you know. But you have other life insurance policies that are a little bit more complex. And but as far as affordability, I, that would depend on the individual. You know, if you can save, you know, five hundred dollars a month, like it's nothing, you know spending a hundred dollars a month on life insurance probably is not going, you know, break your pockets, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, if you can only save a hundred dollars a month, you know, you probably don't want to be spending, you know, 80 bucks a month, you know, on a permanent life insurance policy. Cause it's, right. you know, so, I mean, as far as affordability goes, it, it, it it's, it's going to be, you know, based on 
each individual's, you know, whatever they got going on. And uh, like what I like to do is just make sure I understand everybody's, you know, financial situation. You know, because some people are in the process of building a business. Some people already have businesses they've been building for, you know, five plus years. But I mean, life insurance is very, it's very, very affordable because um, I, I have some clients that they might start off with term, you know, to where they're paying, you know, 25 bucks a month. But with a term policy, how I have my, how I have, you know, my business set up is you can convert, you know, term insurance to, you know, a permanent insurance. Um, so for example, let's say, Hey, I can only afford, you know, 25 bucks a month right now, Right. but two years from now, you know, I see my business blowing up. Right. So you can start off with the term, right. Let's say you get a 10 year term for half a million, $25 a month. You know, now you can convert that later on in life to, you know, a whole life to maybe you're paying, you know, 150, but you have a big death benefit and now you have guaranteed, you know, cash value. Uh, that you can use, you know, for whatever you want to, you know, later on in life. Right. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's like as far as affordability goes, life insurance is definitely affordable. But as far as you know, what'll fit, you know, with anybody, it's it will be based, you know, on their, you know, situation. All right. So you mentioned like the the individual cost of it. How does a person's health come into like their current health? How does that come into play? Um, when deciding on which type of policy they want to get. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, when it comes to health, every company, uh, I mean, you do have some policies, you have some policies called guaranteed issued life insurance. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they don't ask any kind of medical questions. They don't do any kind of medical exams. However, those policies are more for like older people, you know, maybe like 65 plus who never had a life insurance policy you know, and maybe they're not in the healthiest condition, but you can't really, I think the max death benefit on those is like 25 grand. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you, it, those are really meant to just cover funerals and small debts. But if you have like a big family, I mean, 25 grand really is not going to do, that's not going to really do nothing for them. It's supposed to cover the, the funeral. Yeah, it's not. But I mean, as far as like health goes, people can be denied life insurance. Like it, it does happen. So basically, as far as denials go and as far as like premiums go, everything is based off of tobacco use, your height to weight ratio, and then they'll do like uh, MIB reports. So the Medical Investigation Bureau to where they'll actually go into your medical files to see, you know, hey, did this person have, you know, cancer five years ago or, you know, did they have a heart attack two years ago? So they'll, they'll definitely look into stuff like that. So that's why I tell people, you know, to get life insurance as early as you can, because the younger you are, the healthier you are. Because some people, they do get denied and you don't want to be, you know, in a, like, you don't want to be in, a, in an unhealthy situation, but you have a, a lot of people to, to provide for, you right. know, to where you can't, you know, get accepted for a policy. Or if you do get accepted, it's like a lot of restrictions. Like, it's like, hey, you're accepted, but we can only, you know, give you a death benefit of 50000 but you might have a family of four and your mortgage is $400,000. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but for all your listeners, like I would just tell everybody to be as healthy as you can. Health is wealth, uh, especially in this life insurance world. The more, the bigger death benefit, because some people want like, you know, million dollar policies. So the bigger your death benefit and then the more complex your insurance policy, the serious they're going to be about health. Yeah. Um, so I would just, you know, anybody listening, just make sure you're as healthy as you can, man. Exercise, 
I'm not saying you got to go vegan or nothing like that, but you know, you do want to be as healthy as you can when it comes to, to, you know, thinking about, you know, shopping for life insurance. So. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We try to stay as healthy as possible. I want to get into more health conscious stuff on my channel. I talk about like some of the going vegan and doing all the plant-based stuff over the road, but it's a journey. It's not the easiest thing you really got to figure out. You know what I'm saying? What works with your body. Some people do it and it doesn't work, but there's still like a lot of uh, options out there over the road. You just really have to like dial down onto like your strategy of, I guess, being healthy over the road, but it is definitely doable. So, all right. So you talked about the term, the whole universal and the final uh, expense policies. Can you give me like a little bit more detail on, I think you talked about the term a little bit. And then, you talked about term. I didn't, I didn't really get into the other ones. Yeah. Just a little, like a uh, little description of like, you know what I'm saying? Whole universal. And then the final expense. Can you give us some, some. Okay. So uh, like I said about term, uh, term is basically, it, it is what it sounds like. So your life insurance is for a certain like year term. So it could be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And basically with those, some policies, uh, they don't, uh, um, they don't have renewed, uh, uh, like like guarantee renewability so for policies that i sell if you got a 10-year term every 10 years you know your policy will renew you don't have to get another medical exam you don't have to answer any kind of medical questions okay it'll just automatically renew now a con about some term policies is you know let's say you get you know let's say you're 25 you get a 30-year term and it's not you know guarantee renewability so now at age 55 you have to go through the whole process again, right? So let's mm -hmm. say, you know, within that 30-year term, you've had, you know, heart disease or cancer, or maybe you're overweight, right? So what they can do is they could deny you, you know, on your life insurance, you know, so now, you know, you're, you know, SOL, you know? So that is, that's a con about term. And I would always just tell people that if you're shopping for a term policy, make sure that that policy has guaranteed renewability. Mm. And also make sure you can convert it, you know, to uh, a permanent policy. So that's something else that's uh, a pro about term. And then like I also said earlier, it's, it's very affordable. Yeah, so that's term. So when it comes to whole life, so whole life is a permanent policy. So you'll be locked into a premium, you know, for as long as you have the policy, as long as you pay it. And those policies are a little bit more expensive than term is. But when it comes to the cash value on those policies, the cash value is guaranteed. And I don't think I broke down what cash value is. So cash value is basically a, uh, it's an account that's tied to your, to, your, to your life insurance policy. Every time that you're paying your premium, some of that money is going into an account that's going to earn interest. So for whole life, that interest is guaranteed. Um, but a con about that being guaranteed is, you know, you're only going to get, you know, maybe like two, three, or maybe even 4% on your money, which for some people, you know, that's okay. For some people that's, you know, it's that, that's too low of interest, you know, right. but with whole life, like I said, the, the, the values are guaranteed. So, you know, if you're talking to a broker like myself and you're like, Hey, I'm interested in a whole life. I basically will bring up an illustration. It'll show you, you know, how much it is a month and it'll show you, you know, Hey, at age 40, you know, you'll have X amount of dollars in this account, age 60, you'll have X amount of dollars, you know? Um, and those will be the exact numbers. And now you have universal life. So universal life, you basically have two big policies in universal life. 
uh, regular universal life is basically it's a mix of term and permanent uh, so basically universal life is a permanent policy but it doesn't have like a lot of cash value some i mean although you might be able to withdraw from it the the main focus of that policy is not for cash value interest it's just to have a long life policy and those are like they're not as cheap as terms but they're not as, as, as expensive as you know a whole life uh or the next policy that i'll talk about so like i say it kind of acts as a term except for it'll last you you know the lifetime you know over your lifetime as long as the premiums are paid but like i said those policies if you're if you're trying to get for like some cash value that's not kind of possible that you really want to get and then you have another type of universal life policy it's actually called index universal life mm -hmm. so what that is it's kind of like whole life you know so you'll have the cash value it is more expensive uh than term uh but with that you have um, the opportunity to earn more interest in your account. So with indexed, they basically, uh, your interest is based off of like a market index. So a lot of people heard of like the S&P 500, yep. which basically measures, you know, the top 500 companies in America, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever interest it gets at the end of the year, you know, a company might give you, you know, up to like 11% or they might give you like a floor of like 1%. So basically, if the S&P 500 did, you know, 15%, you know, you would earn 11% on your account. And if the S&P 500 did like negative 15, you would still get 1% because you have, you know, a market and a floor. Um, so IULs or Index Universal Life, those are policies policies for people that want the opportunity to earn more interest and they are focused on building, you know, cash value, you know, so they can actually turn that equity into their own bank, you know, later on in life. Um, and then also with IULs or Index Universal Life, you have the opportunity to to change your premiums. So you have a minimum and a maximum in every, you know, month, you know, you can pay between those two numbers, you know, so your minimum might be like, you know, 60 bucks, but your max might be 200, you know. And of course, the more that you put into your policy, you know, the faster it's going to grow. So yeah, that's IULs. And I mean, IULs, I'm a big fan of term and I'm a big fan of IUL. Right. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm just a big fan of having insurance, but I mean, everybody, everybody's different, you know? So like I said, if, if I meet somebody who might be in college or something and, you know, they have two kids, but you know, they, you know, they feel like whenever they graduate, they'll be making, you know, 70 K and they only make, you know, 30 K right now. And I'm like, Hey dude, you know, get you a term to where you're paying 20 bucks a month, you know, two years from down the line, you can convert that, you know, into a bigger policy you know, to where you get your cash value started. And then you got some people that are like, hey, you know, I want a permanent policy, but I want this guaranteed, you know, interest. I don't care if it's two, if it's only 2%. I just want it to be guaranteed. Right. And I'll be like, okay, hey, you probably want to get whole life. <clears throat> you know, and then you got some people that are like, hey, you know, I like, you know, that I can earn, you know, up to 15 or, you know, 10% in this IUL. You know, let me just put my money here. And then I also like the fact that, you know, I can, my premiums are, they're not set. So, you know, you could pay the minimum on an IUL, you know, let's say you just started a business and you can only afford to pay 60 bucks a month for your IUL. But two years later, you know, you can afford to pay $200 a month. You know, that's something that you can do with the IUL because you have flexibility. So, I mean, like I say, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, it's all about what the, what the, what the consumer's needs are. Um, Got it. And then final expense insurance is basically, 
you're just trying to cover a funeral and like a small debt. So I think the, the max face benefit on those is like 50 grand. Okay. Um, so people get those, you know, is that, easy, for like is that easy to, to get those final uh, expenses? Like it with the, like what you were saying with like the, um, the health and stuff, the guaranteed issue with no medical questions. Um, like that. Is that something a final expense might come in uh, beneficial for, or is this? Well, all, all guaranteed issued policies are final expense, okay. but not all final expense policies are issued guaranteed. Yeah. Um, so although with final expense, you don't have to take a medical exam, they, some might ask you like health questions. Um, mm. And if you answer no to one of those questions, it might not necessarily deny you, but they might do something called a return of premium policy for like the first two years. Uh, so basically let's say you're 67 years old and you know, you, you had like a bad case of, you know, heart disease. Right. So, you know, let's say you just want a $20,000 policy to, you know, cover your, you know, your funeral. So they'll accept you, but they might say, Hey, for these first two years, we're only going to pay out a return of premium. So basically if that person died within that first two years, they wouldn't get that 50, I mean that 20 grand, they would only get the premiums that they paid. Hmm. Let's say they only paid, you know, over the two years, they only paid, you know, 400 bucks for their premiums. Right. So they would just get that money back. So some policies are some, some, some of those final expense policies are set up. It, 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 it does depend on health, wow. um, but guaranteed issued. Those are a little bit more expensive because like I said, they don't, they don't ask any kind of medical questions or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so for people that have been denied, I don't think anybody in the trucking industry would probably go through this because I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's probably like in their 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, but this would be more for people that are, you know, either on their deathbed or people that are, you know, over the age of 65 that they will probably get denied a term because the company might not trust that they'll live over the length of the term. And then they don't want to pay all that money for a whole life because it doesn't make sense to pay hold for a whole life policy at the age of 65. You know what I'm saying? Right. So those were, those are what final expense policies are for. Okay. And I got a couple more questions and I'm gonna let you know, go. I know you have a pretty busy schedule. So um, with the foundation of building wealth, using life insurance as one of those uh, pillars in the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some other things? I know you spoke on credit, but what are some things that you utilize kind of for your foundation of wealth? And you know what I'm saying? Including insurance and credit. Uh, definitely, man. The biggest one would be uh debt management and emergency funds. Okay. Um, I think emergency funds, you know, I talk, I talk a lot about life insurance, you know, on, on Twitter, you know, cause that's, that's my mm-hmm. lane. Um, but emergency funds are, I think that's one of the most slept on aspects of personal finance. Um, cause when you have that cushion, like anytime stuff comes up, you don't get worried about it. So it's like, you know, let's say you have just two grand just saved away, right? Yep. And you wake up, you wake up one morning and somebody has like, you know, slashed all your tires in your car. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you really wouldn't trip because it's like, okay, that's probably gonna cost me what, maybe like five hundred to replace right. you know, all these tires. But I already had this, you know, this money already set aside, so it's cool. Yes, so for me personally, emergency funds have made life very, very easy, man. Because I have. As, especially as a business owner, you have expenses like pop up out of nowhere that you'd be like, man, what? So like that stuff, you know, 
bro. And, and it's times where I've been, I've woke up in my own complex and my car has been towed, you know? So yeah. it's like, it, it's crazy. So like I said that, and then like debt management, just making sure that, you know, your debt is handled, that it's a priority and then avoid, you know, consumer debt, you know, at, at, at all costs. But yeah, that's, those are two things. And then another thing that I, that I have, especially with the trucking industry, cause you yeah. know, those guys, you guys make, you know, you guys make good money. Supposedly. People, you said what? I said supposedly. Well, no, that's what, I mean, that's what they say. They yeah. say, they, they say that y'all come out there making, making that bread. But for the guys that are single, cause I'm single, I don't have any kids. Right. So one financial, one personal finance rule that I live by is that as long as I am a single man with no spouse, no kids, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to live off of less than 50% of what I make every month. Hmm. So that's a rule that I have. So if you guys are making, you know, $5,000 a month, you should not be living off more than $2,500 a month, you know? Right. That lifestyle inflation. A, you say what? The lifestyle inflation. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I mean, think about it. If you make, you making $5,000 a month, you spend 2,500, you know, rent, you know, gas, light bill, phone bill, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you still have $2,500 to, you know, invest, you know, every month, you know, exactly. So I don't know what the math is. 2,500 a month times 12. I don't know what the math, I think that's like 25 grand or something like that. So, but that's, that's, that's the rule that I live off of. But of course, if you have a wife and kids. Talk about the, having like a child, how you're, you know what I'm saying? How you don't have a kid, but I do have a kid. You helped me get a policy for my kid. And that was a big uh, topic on Twitter this week was like, should there, should you get a life insurance policy on your child? And one of the things I liked that someone said in, in, in the comments of that was like, death does not discriminate. Exactly. Um, how do you feel about that? Well, yeah, like you just said, um, nobody, nobody is exempt from death. Like I said, nobody wants to talk about like they children die. Nobody wants to think about that, mm-hmm. you know, but it's still, like I said, children's life insurance is cheap. I think you pay what, 20 bucks a month? I don't even check. I, I promise you, like, um, once the policy was set for my wife and me and the kid, um, I wrote all of my expenses down on what they take out. But if I, if I, I have to go look at everything, like I write, I write everything down so I can kind of think about other things, but okay. I think it is $20 though. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it was twenty dollars, but but it was only twenty dollars because you I think you bought the biggest face amount. Hmm. Um, but for some like I saw it a policy the other day and it was like four bucks a month, you know. So it, it it's cheap. Um, but the two reasons you know why people should have it on their children is because you don't want something to happen to your child, and you know you get on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. And now you're, you know, you're begging for $15,000, you know, yeah. on GoFundMe. Exactly. Because um, a child's funeral is going to cost the same amount as an adult's funeral. It's going to be, it's going to be about 15 grand. Uh, well, I know it is in Texas. So I would imagine it'll be like around that area, you know, for, you know, all 50 states. And then along with, you know, the, the death being protected, you know, your child, if you get a, if you get a, a, a permanent policy on your child, they're already, you know, they already have a head start with building their cash value, you know? So you got some people that start their cash value, you know, at age, you know, I don't know, 25, but this child has started his at age seven, Mm -hmm. you know? So now he has 11 years till he turns 18. And then now he can convert that policy, um, no matter what his health is, because it'll be guaranteed, you know, convertible. Um, 
you know, he could either add, you know, add money to it. He could put it in his name to where he's paying for it. The parents can continue to pay for it. Yep. Um, uh, it's, it's a lot of different things that you can do, but yeah, like I said, it, like you said, dude, um, like I said, nobody wants to talk about death. Um, but it, it happens. Uh, matter of fact, a girl that I went to high school with, she just passed away. I'm sorry. To hear um, uh, I think this was, I think this was right before th- it was right before Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And she got in a bad car wreck and, uh, she didn't, she didn't have a policy. And I think they were there. I think her GoFundMe, they wanted like, it was either 12 grand or 15 grand. I mean, they got it though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, everybody is not going to be, you know, as generous, sympathetic you yeah, know, right. in the situation. Cause I, I've seen people, I've seen people post GoFundMe's for a funeral or something other sad. And it's like their goal is like, you know, so many thousands and, you know, they don't have anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, dang, like every time I see a GoFundMe on Twitter or anywhere and it's about a funeral, I always say in my mind, like, dang, 30 bucks a month would have not even had you right here. You know what I'm right. saying? So, but I mean, that's, that's, that's why I speak every day on it, you know, and it's not even so much, you know, of course I get compensated, but I don't get compensated as as close as somebody else would, you know, inheriting, you know, uh, a death benefit. And then also having that, you know, safety from, you know, financial distress, you know, cause you are going to get the emotional distress, you know, whenever you have a loved one, you know, pass away. So definitely. Um, yeah. I like, uh, I know it's kind of, the conversation went, you know what I'm saying? We're talking about life insurance. So it does, it does go, it does go there. Like life insurance, you get life insurance for when people pass away. But like you, I want to take it back to the life insurance for children and like to people with children. Um, you said that I got the highest, what was the term you said? I got the highest, uh, you get the highest death benefit. Had, I, I, I'm pretty sure you did. I don't, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that you did though. So what, is, what, is, okay. So the reason that I got life insurance for my kid, like you said, it was because I could pass it down. I I could pass it and put it in his name and they could start, you know what I'm saying? He could pay for it when he comes of age. And then there are things that he can use that life insurance policy to do because of the certain type of policy he has. Um, besides it covering uh, anything that we can't foresee, right? Exactly. So um, I just wanted to put that in there. I'm not trying to... <laughs> You know that's kind of weird to think about, but there are there are different policies that you can put in place to where if something does happen, okay, you have that type of cushion. It's just like like different levels. Like so, this is the the bottom level. We don't want to go to with like whatever with death, but with life insurance, a policy. There are things that you know what I'm saying these different policies: index universal, uh, regular and universal whole life, final expenses. There's different things that these uh, policies kind of entail. So with my son's policy, um, I wanted that so that he could have something. So with with some of these policies, you can take out, like, I think that's the cash value part of it, isn't that's it? cash value, yes, sir, yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know if his is cash value. Um, I don't have any of the paperwork in front of me. Uh, I mean, his his is, but it's like, I mean, since, I mean, his possible on 20 bucks a month. So, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be like, you know, it's not going to be like the one that, that, that you have, you know what I'm saying? So, but, uh, I mean, he'll definitely have a, he'll have a, he'll have a little head start though. Exactly. 
So um, we have savings accounts for him. We have investing accounts for him. This is just another investment account for him in my eyes. I don't, you know what I'm saying? The other stuff I don't really try to look at. Yes, it's a benefit in many ways, but to me, it's just another investment account for him to help him, you know what I'm saying, build whatever he wants to build when he, you know what I'm saying, gets older. So, but um, I, I want to go ahead and wrap this up. Is there any last words you want to say about life insurance policies or anything that you're doing? Go ahead and plug plug any of your stuff, your website, your Twitter, um, anything that you have coming up. Um, just, you know what I'm saying, the floor is yours. One last thing I do want to say about life insurance before I, you know, plug myself in and all that stuff mm -hmm. um, is that a lot of life insurance policies have something called riders or additional benefits, mm -hmm. um, specifically uh, accelerated death benefits. So a lot of people, you know, talk down about life insurance and a lot of people don't buy it. I mean, it's ignorantly because they're like, well, man, I can't even use it while I'm alive. Yeah. You know, specifically term. A lot of people say, oh, well, I wouldn't buy a term because, you know, it, there's no benefits of it. Uh, and that's wrong. So basically, when I'm talking about an accelerated death benefit rider or benefit, basically, if you get a certain type of, uh, of disease, God forbid, you know, you get a cancer or a stroke or something of that nature, Alzheimer's, something of that nature, you can actually take the money out of your death benefit to cover, you know, your, your care services. So let's say, you know, somebody has cancer, right? And it's going to cost $50,000, you know, for the chemo and all that, all that, whatever comes with that, right? They can take that 50 grand, you know, to pay for that or, you know, take out however much it is to cover their, you know, medical insurance deductible, you know, so that health, so that the health insurance can cover like the, the, the rest of it, you know? So there's a lot of different ways to use life insurance, you know, while you're alive. There's a lot of living benefits that come with it. So that's something I definitely wanted to, I definitely want to speak on. But uh, I mean, as far as my social medias, um, my Twitter and my Instagram are the same. Uh, so my name on there is uh, BT, as in Brandon Thomas. So it's BT Insurance CEO. Uh, and that's me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook too, but my name is so generic. If you type in my name, a lot of other people's names will yeah. come up. So my name is Brandon Thomas, but if you want to type in Austin, Texas, uh, I'm a black dude. I got long hair in my bio. Um, I think that's pretty much. Uh, I have on the screen. I don't know if you can see the screen, but I have me on there and then I have a picture of you. And I think that is your main picture on all of your socials. Uh, is it a picture with a green shirt? No, this is a white shirt, red tie, polka dot tie. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that is my, um, I don't know if that's my Twitter. I think that's my Instagram and my Facebook, mm -hmm. uh, my Facebook uh, uh, photo. But yeah, I drop a lot of gems, you know, about, I mean, life insurance, of course. And then of course, you know, other type of insurances that I feel like entrepreneurs and business owners uh, should have. But if anybody just wants to follow me on social media, um, I can get, you know, all those questions, all those questions yeah. answered. I'll definitely tag and put your, um, your information in the bio and the oh yeah for sure or whatever that we get in here for sure. yeah i want to thank you for um coming on and talking about you know what i'm saying the the taboo subject i know it was like big on twitter last week or this week and um i just wanted to make sure that you know what i'm saying that you could get out and and trying to kind of clear some things up so thank you for coming on my um, podcast Yes, sir. I thank you for having me. Uh, uh, thank you for being a client of mine, supporting me, you know, as a yeah. young entrepreneur. And then, you know, thank you for bringing me on the podcast as well, dude. I like what you're doing. 
I have a few buddies that live in Austin that are, you know, trying to get into the, well, I think one's already in the trucking industry. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people are looking at those routes, you know, trying to, you know, figure out, you know, a, a active lane to get into before they start, you know, investing, you know, passively and stuff like that. Um, I told them that, you know, trucking is a, is a, a great industry to be in, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So a lot of sacrifices you got to make though. Definitely. Uh, as long as you're ready, you, you're willing to sacrifice, you know, I mean, everything that you want in life, as long as you want to get better, it has to come with some kind of sacrifice. So that's yep. just how it goes. Yes, sir. But everybody's Brandon Thomas, BT current CEO on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you very much, sir, for coming on the podcast. Uh, it's Chris Lee TV and Brandon Thomas. Deuces. Peace. Appreciate that, brother. Yes, sir.